Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins. I hope all of you out there in the world are being safe and taking good care of yourselves. And I would just like to say welcome to a a very different episode than I've done in months past since when I first started this podcast back in November of 2020. This episode feels different and it is going to be different than a lot of other episodes that I've done since I started this podcast. And this episode is dedicated to Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, and to his family. And I just wanted to say to DeMar, to his family, we all love you. We hope that DeMar, we love you. We hope that you continue to fight through this. We hope that you continue to improve and get better with each minute, with each second, and with each day that goes by. To DeMar's mother, to DeMar's family, to DeMar's uncle, and everyone that is associated with DeMar family-wise that have been affected by this situation in any way, shape, or form, we love you. We're all here for you. And we support you, and Damar, just keep fighting, young man. Just keep fighting, and we love you so very, very much, okay? We we love you. Just continue to keep on fighting. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, as we all know, with Damar's tragic situation that took place that was very tragic and unfortunate, I would like to recap to you guys how we got to this point. And then after I recap to you guys how we got to this point, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a story on DeMar and the kind of person that he is and 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 what the latest is up to this point based off of what DeMar's condition is and or what some of Demar's family members, or a or a family member of his, may have um, may have said about his condition up to this point. But with that being said, let's get into it. As we all know, ladies and gentlemen, with the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals had a very important and anticipated game on Monday Night Football that was really, really looked forward to by a lot of football fans, including myself. And this game was predicated to, well, not predicated, but this game was anticipated to probably be the game of the year. And that's pretty much how this game started out, with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals driving right down the field, scoring a touchdown, going up 7 nothing. Buffalo gets the ball back. They drive back down the field. They put up a field goal, 7-3. And now all of a sudden, all of us fans are thinking, okay, we got a game on our hands now. And then around the fifth, around the 5:58 mark of the first quarter is when everything changed. And that's when a lot of us football fans or a lot of football fans out there went from watching a football game to watching a young man in DeMar Hamlin fight for his life. 
as we all know, DeMar Hamlin went for a routine tackle across the middle on Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. And it, it was a routine tackle. DeMar popped back up for a few seconds, and then all of a sudden he collapsed and went back down and and smacked and just smacked the back of his head on the ground. And for about a nine to ten minute period, the medical staff, the first responders, were doing CPR on him. And you, when you see the reaction, when you see the reaction of Stephon Diggs, when you see the reaction of Josh Allen, when you see the reaction of Coach Sean McDermott, and when you see the reaction of Tredavious White, you automatically go from uh, you go from seeing Demar Hamlin, the football player, to automatically thinking about Demar Hamlin, the young man, and whether or not this young man is going to survive, and whether he's going to be able to live, uh, be able to live to see another day. And I feel like a lot of football fans out there tend to forget this, and. A lot of football fans out there who watch the game of football, they tend to forget the fact that these football players who go out there and they risk their lives every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, and even Saturdays when a team has a playoff game. A lot of these fans fail to remember that these football players are human as well. They forget that these men go out there and they're playing a kid's game. They're playing a game that that all of us love. And that's what I think, me personally, that's, that's what I think started to come back into this entire equation. That football fans, a lot of football fans, look, looked at and now look at or continue to look at DeMar Hamlin more as a man than a football player at this point. And when you when you go back and you look at this situation, in my opinion, when you go back and you look at this situation, let me recap this situation for anybody out there. I'm going to recap the timeline for anybody out there who really doesn't know that much about this story. If If you really don't know that much about this story, let me recap it for you in this timeline. At 8.55 p.m., Hamlin collided with Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins while making a tackle in the first quarter. Hamlin got to his feet shortly before falling backwards to the field. As we all know, DeMar raised up after he made that routine tackle on T. Higgins. Then all of a sudden he fell, collapsed, and hit his head on, and hit the back of his head on the, on the ground. At 9.14 p.m., medical professionals immediately rushed to the field to tend to Hamlet, administering CPR for approximately 10 minutes while an ambulance was on the field. His heartbeat was restored on the field. That is huge. That is absolutely huge to being able to get someone to survive something like a cardiac arrest that DeMar Hamlin had. When you're able to get someone's heartbeat back into rhythm, 
that is very, very huge in the recovery process when it comes to situations like this. At 9.16 p.m., Bills players began to put their helmets on and retook their place on the sideline. Players received hugs and handshakes from their teammates. NFL EVP Troy Vincent said the league had no intention of restarting the game. Quote, it never crossed our mind to talk about warming up to, to resume play, Vincent said. That's ridiculous. That's insensitive. That's not a place we should ever be in. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, a little bit later on in the show, but moving on. Nine At 9.18 p.m., the Bills-Bengals game was temporarily suspended. If you guys go back and you watch this, if you guys go back and you rewatch this, or whatever the case may be, there probably won't be any clips shown of it at this point, and I completely understand, and there doesn't need to be anything shown about this, but if you watched it live, there was a moment where Zach Taylor went over to the sideline, went over to the Bills sideline, and talked to Sean McDermott, who's the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. They talked to him. He talked to him, and he, and he had game officials around as well, talking with both head coaches. And towards the end of the conversation, it almost looked like not only was Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott conversating about whether or not they should finish this game, but because of how distraught and just how just traumatized all of the Buffalo sideline was, it was almost it was almost as if Zach Taylor was consoling Sean McDermott. A lot of people like like when I saw Stefan Diggs cry on the sideline, when you see Tredavious White cry on the sideline, when you see Josh Allen cry on the sideline, that brings an emotion out of you because you're witnessing a like you're witnessing play, you're witnessing grown men and you're seeing players watch their teammate almost literally and technically die on the football field because DeMar was not breathing. He was not breathing to the point where they had to deliver CPR on him. So when you see that, it brings a different level of emotion out of you as a human, and you don't even know DeMar. So moving forward, at 9.25 p.m., Hamlin was given oxygen as he was transported to the University of, of Cincinnati Medical Center by an ambulance. Hamlin, uh, Hamlin's mother who was in the stands watching the game, joined her son. Each member of the butt of the Bills dropped to one knee in prayer as the ambulance pulled off the field. So at this point, if you go back and you, if you've seen the game live, if you watched it live, Stefan Diggs actually tried to re-energize and get his teammates back in the mode of playing a football game. And it just, it just, it didn't work because everybody was still so traumatized about what happened. And if you guys saw it already, I'm pretty sure all of you out there saw it. Towards the end of the the conference with Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor and the game officials, you could see Sean McDermott telling his team, go to the locker room, go to the locker room, go to the locker room. At 9.28 p.m., Players of the Bills and Bengals slowly walked to their locker rooms 
where they awaited word on Hamlin and the game. And then at 10.05 p.m., the NFL issues a statement to postpone the Bengals and Bills game. Quote, tonight's Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals game has been postponed after after Buffalo Bills' DeMar Hamlin collapsed. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announced the statement read. So, at the end of the day, the bottom line is this. I am not mad at the NFL one single bit for for postponing this game in the manner in which they did. I'm not mad at them for that at all. They they made the absolute correct and right decision to do that. And honestly, here's the other thing that I'm going to say about this. In all my years of watching football, in all my years of watching the game of football, I have never heard a stadium so quiet in my life than what I heard Cincinnati Bengals Stadium sound like. It sounded it sounded like a pin dropped in that stadium when it got quiet. And I'm going to give Joe Buck and Troy Aikman so much credit for this because they deserve it. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman did not try to overanalyze the situation. They didn't try to throw their two cents in every five or 10 to 15 minutes or whatever the case may be. They just allowed the situation to be what it was at that point because realistically, none of us have ever seen anything like this. A lot of us who are football fans have seen situations where we've seen players get stretchered off the field and they were able to raise their hand and give a thumbs up. To let to let us to let us all know that they're okay, we've seen that bunches and bunches of times, but we but we but what we've never seen is a player having to have CPR done on them to the point where they're literally either on the verge of dying or technically dead on the football field for for a for a small certain period of time, and that's scary. That is absolutely freaking scary. So I got I so I, I have to give Joe Buck and Troy Aikman so much credit because they handled this ESPN handled this so beautifully. They handled it so damn well and they handled it so beautifully that they just allowed the moment to be what it was. They just allowed that moment to be what it was, and I appreciate them, and I applaud them so much for that. And you know, and, and that's 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 something that is very very appreciative, coming from me as a football fan. But here's a statement that the NFL put out after the game. Here's a statement that the NFL put out after the game. Yesterday, This is the statement that the NFL put out. The NFL continues to be in regular contact with the medical team caring for DeMar Hamlin and also the Bengals and Bills organizations and the NFL Players Association. After speaking with both teams, the NFLPA leadership, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, informed the clubs today that the Bills-Bengals game will not be resumed this week. The NFL has made no decision regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date, 
The league has not made any changes to the Week 18 regular season schedule, and we will continue to provide additional information as it becomes available. This is a statement that DeMar Hamlin's family put out the day after the game, after receiving so much support from fans and just players around the league and teams and things like that. This is what DeMar Hamlin's family said in a statement. Quote, On behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to DeMar during this challenging time. We are deeply moved by the players' kind words and donations from fans around the country. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and health care professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center who provided who have provided exceptional care to DeMar. We feel so blessed to be a part of the Buffalo Bills organization and, ha- and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion means the world to us. Please keep DeMar in your prayers. We will release updates as soon as we have them. And I just, like I said before, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, those, those first responders and that medical staff deserve such interest, such a just a limitless and just an amazing amount of credit. I mean, they, they really, really do. To the first responders that, that, got to DeMar as quickly as they did on Monday night to all of you, to all of you first responders and all to all of you medical staff that were involved in saving DeMar's life. Thank you so very, very much. You are so freaking appreciated and we appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But, and and for me, like I said before, with this situation, we've, like, we all have never seen anything like this before. Like, never. And for something like this to happen is just, like, seriously, I'm going to tell you guys something, full disclosure. I played football when I was in high school. I played football and I ran track when I was in high school. So as a as a as a football player, as a football player, this 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 hit this hit different for me. This hit different because you're seeing a teammate that you go to battle with every freaking Sunday. And here's the other thing that people need to understand. No matter the level of football that you play, high school, college, pro, it does not matter. Yes, the NFL level is the biggest animal of them all. But when you play the game of football, no matter the level of football, no matter the level of football that you play, you are risking your life you're risking your health and that's something that that obviously we all know that these athletes know what they're risking when they enter into this field of playing the game of football but and they know that but they do this because they love it us as football players we put on pads 
because we love the game so much. And we sacrifice because of it. And so to see a young man in DeMar Hamlin sacrifice his life for the game that he loves so much to unfortunately end up in this tragic tragic situation that he's ended up in. This is this is probably the worst outcome that the NFL probably ever expected to happen. And I'm pretty sure, and I'm going to get a little bit more into this down the line in this show, but this is the worst outcome that the NFL probably could have ever imagined. But with all of this being said, with all of this being said, I want to talk about DeMar Hamlin, the man, briefly. I want to talk about DeMar Hamlin, the man, and I want to talk about him and his story a little bit, and then I'm going to get into the latest as to where DeMar is at this point as far as his his recovery process. DeMar Hamlin grew up playing both football and basketball in McKee's Rock, Pennsylvania, which is in western Pennsylvania, which is in Pittsburgh, the metropolitan area. He made a name for himself in high school, leading his team to a 15-1 record, a WPIAL Class 4A championship, and a PI and a PIAA state title in his senior year. Recruitment sites, rivals, and 24/7 Sports named Hamlin the top-rated defensive player in Pennsylvania, and several Division One football schools pursued him, but he obviously wanted to stay close to home he wanted to stay in Pittsburgh and here's what he said about not wanting to leave and wanting to stay in Pittsburgh and play for the University of Pitt here's what he said quote I was just so Pittsburgh everything was Pittsburgh for me I wanted to give my city bragging rights bring my city something and just give the city another reason to smile DeMar is a very He's very big on family as well. This is what he said about him being connected and him loving being around family so much. This is what he said. He said, quote, my mom, my dad, my little brother, like that's pretty much my whole world. Outside of any other thing going on, my life revolves around them. I don't really do too much without my mom and dad's opinion, whether I take it or whether I don't. Sometimes I just want to hear it. And so as you as you guys can 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 hear in those quotes that DeMar that uh, that DeMar said, DeMar loves being around his family, his mom being at the game on Monday night, his family being there, his family watching at home. DeMar loves his family so much. He loves his family. And you can and you can see that. And you can appreciate it even more with him when you see what he's going through. And just the love and support by so many people, whether you know him or whether you don't, the love and support by so many people who don't even know him. I don't even know him. And I love this young man. And there was a 
there was a toy drive that DeMar Hamlin put together. He put this toy drive together based off of a foundation that he created. It's called the Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive. DeMar, when he first got drafted, created a foundation called Chasing M's, which is really called Chasing Millions Foundation. And, it, and inside his foundation, he created a community toy drive for kids. DeMar's, DeMar's original goal for this, for this toy drive was to raise $2,500. That was his goal. As of right now on this website, if you go to the GoFundMe page on this website, DeMar Hamlin's community toy drive for his Chasing Millions Foundation has raised $6.4 million. And that is due to bunches upon bunches upon bunches upon bunches upon upon bunches of donations from from fans around the world from football fans in general from from people from just people who care and love DeMar so much and here's the thing that I'm going to say about this Buffalo Bills organization they have given so much to other teams around the league that it's at a point where now when you've given so much to other people, whether you're an organization or whether you're just or, or, or whether you're just a person, a regular a regular person in general, when you've given so much to other people or to other organizations, it 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 just it gets to a point where other organizations who you've given to or other people who you've given to will give back to you. Prime example, the Buffalo Bills got into the 2017 playoffs based off of the Cincinnati Bengals defeating the Baltimore Ravens in week 17 of the 2017 season. What did Buffalo do? They sent Andy Dalton a gift as a way to say thank you for helping us get into the playoffs. Another example, the Baltimore Ravens played Lamar Jackson Oh, excuse me, the, uh, the Buffalo Bills played Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson suffered a concussion in that game. Bills fans were so generous and thoughtful and compassionate that there was a clip after the game that showed Buffalo Bills fans cheering for Lamar, supporting him, showing compassion for him, asking him, asking him if he was okay, and wanting to take a picture with him after the game was over. So, for me, and not only that, Josh Allen. When Josh Allen first got drafted to the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen's grandmother passed away due to, due to cancer. What did Buffalo Bills fans do? They raised money for Josh Allen and his foundation to honor his grandmother. So again, when you have all of these types of situations that take place with one organization giving so much, giving so much of their heart to other organizations and teams around the league, like Buffalo does, like Buffalo did with Andy Dalton, like Buffalo did with Lamar Jackson, like Buffalo did with their own and Josh Allen, 
when he got drafted, and now with Demar Hamlin and his and his toy drive, when you have all of this taking place with one organization showing their passion and their their passion and their love for the players that come in their city and give their all, it truly shows how good of an organization and how good of a group of people. Bill's Mafia is. And Bill's Mafia, you are a bunch of wonderful, compassionate, just down-to-earth people. And you and all of you in the city of Buffalo, in the state of New York, all of you in Bill's Mafia are completely awesome. You are wonderful. Thank you for your wonderful hearts. And... I'm going to try not to cry, but just this entire situation is just so awesome and just so wonderful to see because you don't get people like this in the world, no matter if you're rooting for a team or not. Nowadays, you really, you don't get people like this anymore. You don't get people like that. There are, there are genuine human beings in this world and it just so happens that the genuine people that you really see in this world are genuine people that are that are that are a part of a fan base of a team that is just that is really really good and that, that and that truly love and appreciate the players that come into their city and they embrace them and they love them and they support them and that is something that I will always and forever appreciate about Buffalo Bills fans and the Buffalo Bills organization. But next up, really quickly, this is really quickly. As of, I'd probably say a couple of hours ago, Adam Schefter put out a message on Facebook. And this is what Adam Schefter had to say as it pertained to the NFL thinking about rescheduling the game and playing the game at another time. This is what Adam Schefter said. He said, quote, NFL executive Jeff Miller said, discussions about what to do with the Bengals-Bills game are ongoing. He knows they have to make a decision on it in the coming days. But NFL executive Troy Vincent explains that the league's focus has been on DeMar Hamlin, which is absolutely which is absolutely the right thing to do and which is and which is the appropriate thing to do do not make a decision on this game until you know the status of Damar Hamlin don't do it because it would be really really insensitive it would be really really insensitive and it would be really really inappropriate on their part if the NFL did that and also, one more thing. I don't know if, me personally, I don't know if you fans out there have seen this yet, but DeMar Hamlin has a YouTube page. And if you go on his YouTube page, he started this thing where, when he first got drafted by Buffalo, he started this thing where he would do a wing review. And when he did the wing review, he was suggested by Bills fans to go to the top wing spot in Buffalo, 
which was which is called barbell which is me barbell so if you go back and you watch the video it's it's actually pretty cool it's it's actually pretty cool and i like it if you go back and you watch the video he goes into barbell he orders the wings and he talks about how in pittsburgh when when Pittsburgh people eat their wings. They eat their wings with ranch, not blue cheese. So when he goes to eat the wings, he tries to eat them with the, with the blue cheese. And when he opens the container, I'm guessing the smell of the blue cheese threw him off to the point where he looked at the wing. He looked at the, he smelled the blue cheese and he was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> it was it was really, really funny. It was hilarious, but after he pushed the blue cheese to the side and he ate the wings, he gave the wings and he gave Barbell an A+. So it was really, really cool. That's the only video up of that, of that series that he put out at this point. But at the end of the day, it just, it shows how much and how cool of a of a human that DeMar is because he's willing to try new things. He's willing to try different stuff. And I appreciate that from him because a lot of people aren't willing to try new stuff. I'll admit I'm the kind of person that I'm really not willing to try new stuff, but I'll, I'll consider trying it. And I can just tell that DeMar, even in that small video, even in that two minute and 26 second video, he was will he, he's willing to try different things. So and you know, so I'm praying for you, Damar. We love you. We appreciate you and thank you so very, very much. And to your family, to Damar's mom, we love you so very, very much. Keep fighting. Um we all are good. We all are going to continue to support Damar in this, and we love him, and we appreciate him so very, very much. And we we just we hope that he continues to make a speedy, speedy, speedy recovery. And we hope that with every minute that goes by, we continue to hear good news. Which reminds me, now that I think about it. With the latest that has taken place with Damar, here's the latest on Damar's situation. Here's the latest on his situation, okay? The latest on Damar's situation. According to Josh Reed, he said he just spoke with Damar's uncle. Dorian Glenn, who I'm pretty sure a lot of you out there saw on ESPN last night or on other news outlets. Here's the latest on DeMar as of as of right now. Josh Reed said that he spoke to DeMar Hamlin's uncle and DeMar's uncle said that DeMar was originally on 100 percent oxygen, but he is now down to 50 percent, says the family is hanging in there. And he thanked and he thanked Bills fans and Bengals fans, and has and has asked for continued prayers. So that's the latest 
on DeMar at this point. Also, DeMar's uncle also said that he was flipped onto his stomach to help try to bring blood flow back to his lungs and to, to try to get his lungs forming back in the right direction. So, but that's that's the latest. And here's from Valerie Lyons, okay? Okay, here's from Valerie Lyons. She says, break, uh, breaking, doctors have DeMar Hamlin, quote, flipped on his stomach to relieve pressure on his lungs. He is still sedated on a ventilator. The next step is to get him breathing on his own again, per Hamlin's uncle Dorian Glenn. So, again, that's the latest on DeMar at this point. We all want DeMar to get healthy, but it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time. And this is not going to be something where we know within the next minute or hour or so what DeMar's condition is. This is going to take time. This is going to take patience. And at the end of the day, we all know that time and patience is a virtue. And with patience normally comes good results. And we're hoping and praying that DeMar continues to do well in this and fight and improve with every second, with every day, and with every hour. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you guys why the NFL's handling of the DeMar Hamlin situation could not have been better. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I want to talk about the NFL's handling of the DeMar Hamlin situation. And I mentioned earlier on in the show where I talked about how Joe Buck and Troy Aikman's handling of this situation could not have been better. And I mean that. Troy Aikman and Joe Buck's handling of the situation, they handled it with such grace and class, and they just simply allowed the situation with DeMar Hamlin to just be what it was because they, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, just like everybody else, we didn't have a a reaction to come up with because we all had never seen anything like this before. So for Joe and Troy to bring their two cents in at the end of the game, and for, jo and for Joe and Troy to just allow the situation to be what it was at that time, that truly shows how compassionate and how awesome of, of a duo of broadcasters that they are. I've been listening to Joe, uh, me personally, I've been listening to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman for the past, what, 15, 20 years? And they have been awesome to listen to. I love Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I love them. They're awesome. And they, and like I said before, they handled this situation so, so well with Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor. They pretty much came to the conclusion, and the players, they all came to the conclusion that we're not playing this game because we, because, and it's, and it was, mainly Buffalo, but also Cincinnati agreed to it as well, that we're not playing this game because we just saw our teammate technically, literally 
almost die on the football field. And we are so traumatized from that and we care so much about our teammate that we are not stepping back out here on this football field until we know that DeMar is okay. So the NFL, so Zach Taylor, who I applaud by the way for going over and consoling and conversating with Sean McDermott and understanding the situation and knowing how dire and just how just just significant this situation is. I applaud Zach Taylor for that because he 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 obviously understood the situation. A lot of fans in the building understood the situation. And for Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott to come together with these and with all the the game officials and NFL people and for them to talk to um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Roger Cadell on the phone to talk to them for all of them to come to a conclusion that this game should have or excuse me that this game needs to be postponed. It was the right decision. It was the smart decision. It would have been absolutely the worst decision in the history of the league for these uh, for the NFL to make these players go back out there on the football field and continue to play a game when the when when Stefan Diggs and Tredavious White literally saw their teammate receive CPR and was literally technically almost dead on the football field. That would have been the absolute worst look on this league ever. And it would have it it just would have been bad. And I'm glad that the NFL, along with Sean McDermott, along with Zach Taylor, and along with the players, all agreed that it is just not right to continue to finish this game. Which brings me to my next point. There was a story that came out, and I remember Joe Buck doing this on the air. I remember him doing this. He said this on the air, that the NFL was giving the players five minutes to warm up and go back out there and play. Troy Vincent then came out, like I mentioned, like I read to you guys in that statement that he put out earlier. He came out and he said in that statement that 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 was that it was never the case that we told these players that they had five minutes to go out and warm up and get back out there and play again. Here's my only question to this. Uh, here's my only question to that situation. If that is the case and you did not tell the players or you did not inform the or you did not inform somebody to inform the players that they had five minutes to go out and warm up and get back out there and play again. Then why did Joe Buck go on live television and say that? And what? Think about that. Why did Joe Buck go on live television and say that these players, according to the NFL, had five minutes to go back out and warm up, get their bearings together, and go back out there and play? Why would Joe Buck do that if you didn't tell him that? Did Joe? Why would Joe Buck go into business for himself like that? Why would he do that? So. Bottom line is this, somewhere in this, 
I believe the NFL is not telling the truth. For Joe Buck to go out and, and say that on live television, that means that somebody within the NFL said this to Bengals coach to Bengals coaching staff or said this to the Bills coaching staff or whatever the case may be, or said it to somebody that or said it to an NFL personnel staff member that was at the game. And that, and that NFL personnel staff member said it to the Bengals and the Bills, and the Bengals and the Bills coaching staff and players all said, no, we're not doing this. So I'm just going to leave it at this because that's where it needs to be left at. I believe that the NFL was wrong for that. They're wrong for that. And I don't believe Joe Buck is lying because for Joe Buck to do that, somebody within the NFL had to have said something to Buffalo and to Cincinnati for Joe Buck to say that on air. Joe Buck didn't just say that out of thin air just because he thought of it. He said that because that's what he was probably told in his ear according to what someone else from the NFL said to him or whatever the case may be. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But all in all, besides that, I believe the NFL, the Bengals, the Bills, the coaching staff, the players, Roger Goodell, they did an amazing job. They did an absolute wonderful job in coming to a conclusion on the decision that needed to be made to postpone this football game. They made the right decision. It doesn't matter how long it took them to make it. The fact is, they made the right decision, and I applaud them and I respect them for that. And they could not have handled this situation any better than what they handled it. And it is just that simple. It's just that simple. And I'm going to leave it at that. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. In my opinion, and this is just me, Monday Night Football, January 2nd, 2023 will be a night that I believe that football fans will never forget and I believe it could change the NFL forever and I say it could change the NFL forever because of the simple fact that the worst outcome that took place took place the NFL's worst nightmare happened. A young man who was making a routine tackle was on the verge of dying or technically died for minutes on the football field. And that is the worst nightmare that the NFL could have ever imagined. And I believe, 
and this is just my thought, that the NFL is going to take even more precautions now than they probably ever have in the history of this league, of this league, of this league's existence. And they are going to try to make sure that something like this never, ever, ever happens again. Now, I will say this. As we all know, injuries in football are going to happen. You're never, ever, ever going to stop injuries from happening. Football is a violent, violent game. We all know that football is an absolutely violent game. So you're not going to stop injuries from happening. But you can try to limit them as much as possible with putting more protective padding inside of shoulder pads and inside of helmets and sending memos out to players that they need to wear more padding inside their uniforms like hip pads and knee pads and thigh pads and also coaches can inform players on the defensive side of the football to learn how to tackle better and instead of leaning with your shoulder or using the crown of your helmet go back to the basics and learn how to wrap up learn how to tackle which is what defenders have learned since they were peewee and played peewee football and they played in high school you learn how to wrap up you learn how to tackle you learn how to use your arms which is which is what DeMar did. DeMar made a routine, beautiful, full-arm wrap-up tackle. And it was just unfortunate that even though DeMar did nothing wrong, still a tragic situation happened. But like I said before, bottom line is this. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I believe this, moving forward, will change the NFL. And it's going to change the way fans look at these players. It's going to, and I'm pretty sure it's going to change the way the NFL probably looks at these players as well. And like I said before, the NFL could not have handled this any better than what they've handled it. They got in a full NFL regular season during a pandemic. Okay, so for anybody out there to complain about how long it took the NFL to make this decision, stop it. Okay, stop it. Because the NFL got through an entire pandemic, got a full NFL season in during an entire during an entire pandemic. So for them to get to the conclusion of this situation with the teams and with the and with the two teams and with the coaches. They ultimately came to the right decision, but I believe that this situation with DeMar Hamlin, like I said before, and I've said it plenty of times already on this show, it was the worst outcome that could have possibly taken place for the league. And it was the lowest of lows as far as outcomes that could have taken place. And I believe, like I said before, this is going to this is going to change the way the NFL goes about things when you say you care about the players take away the preseason games when you say you care about the players get rid of the damn Thursday night games 
when you say you care about these players, okay, take away the things that these players are telling you does not matter when you guys say that you care about our safety, but you really don't because you're adding an 18th game. You want us to play on Thursday night four days after we just played a regular, four days after we just played on a Sunday. So the NFL needs to think about a lot of stuff. They need to think about a lot of stuff after this entire DeMar Hamlin situation. The players are simply the, the players have been simply saying for years, if you care about us, prove it. Don't just say it. Prove it. Take away the Thursday night games. Take away that 18th game on the schedule or that 17th game. Take away these preseason games. Okay? You know? And, like, that's the bottom line with this. The players just want the NFL to prove that they care instead of constantly saying that they do when their actions show that they don't. And that's what these players want. And I believe that this DeMar Hamlin situation is not only going to leave the NFL to 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 making certain decisions as it pertains to DeMar's situation, but the NFL is going to look at a lot of other things as it pertains to this situation as well. As far as, you know, like I said before, putting putting a lot of, you know, more padding and shoulder pads and things of that nature, telling coaches in memos that you need to coach these things up and whatever the case may be, basic tackling and things like that. It's a lot of things that the NFL are going to go over this coming off season that are going to be addressed and that need to be addressed. And I believe the players, for the first time in maybe a long, long period of time, are finally, finally going to be heard. And they need to be heard. And I believe they're going to be. But thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to a very different and just... just very just just a different episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast today. I know I probably went a hell of a lot longer than a lot of you out there probably thought I would go. I apologize for that. But I just, I needed to get these thoughts out there to you guys. And I wanted you guys to understand where I was coming from. I hope I did right by explaining how I felt about this situation. I hope I gave you guys as much information as I possibly could. Um, And to DeMar Hamlin and his family, again, DeMar, we love you. Mama Hamlin, to his uncle Dorian Glenn, to all of DeMar's family members, his friends, we love you. We appreciate you. DeMar, continue to keep fighting and progressing and improving with every single day that goes by. We love you, and we hope, we hope and we pray that with every day that goes by, you are improving and you're getting better, and we hope to see you smiling and walking out of that hospital with your, with your head held high 
And we hope that you just continue to keep on fighting. We love you, Damar, the Hamlin family. We love you, Buffalo. The NFL Ravens Nation is with you. We love you. Bills Mafia, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. My name is Jared Dawkins. I'm out. Peace.